Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, happy Easter, everybody. It is so good to see you. We're so glad that you are here this morning with us. As you just heard Diane say that we're kicking off a brand new series today called Words of Hope. And actually the words that we're going to talk about uh, over the next couple weeks uh, is going to be the words of Jesus from the cross. And so uh, from there he gives us hope. This morning we want to talk about the word forgiveness. That's actually the title that we have. Now before we get started, I want to ask you a couple questions. How many of you today... Have ever been on a trip on a plane? Let me see your hand. Took a trip by plane. Okay, wow, the majority of you. How many of you have ever taken a trip on a boat, like a cruise ship? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's a good many. How many of you have ever taken a trip uh, in a car? Let me see your hands. All right, that's about all of us, all right? How many of you have ever been on a guilt trip? Let me see your hands. Okay, yes, that's about all of us as well. And so today we want to talk about getting rid of guilt. How do you do that? How do we get rid of guilt? A lot of people are struggling to life today because they're stuck with this guilt trip, with this guilt mentality. And Jesus came in order to, do, to take that away from us so that we wouldn't have to live with that. So this morning I want to take you right into the Scripture. We're going to go right to the cross uh, and show you these words of hope today. In Luke 23 it says this, When they came to the place of skull, now uh, there's a picture I think that that's coming up there. And that picture that you see right there is actually the mountain that Jesus was crucified on. It's called Golgotha, or the place of skull. And the reason it is is because the, the mountain looks like a skull. It's looked that way for thousands of years. I was in Israel about a year ago, Rhonda and I, and we actually went to that mountain, and it looks like a skull. That's why it's called the place of skull. Okay, so now you know. They had, it goes on to say this. They nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified one on his right and the other one on his left. Now, another thing that it, it has been said that the criminal that was in the middle was the one that had the greatest crime, the one that was hated the most. And so you can see that when Jesus being in the middle, you know, there was one guy on his right one on his left, he was in the middle, is how mad the people were at him, how much hatred there was toward him. It goes on to say this, and uh, Jesus said from the cross now, Father, what? What did he say? Come on, let's shout that out. What did he say? Okay, I'm going to say, Father, you say forgive them. Ready? Father, that's right. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus says this, and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Now, I want to tell you today that, that Jesus from the cross begins to shout these words, Father, forgive them after they are crucifying him. Okay, it was the last thing that he said before he actually 
died on the cross. So this morning, I want to tell you, there's things, what we usually do with our guilt, right? I want to give you three things that we usually do with our guilt. Here's there. The first thing that we usually do with our guilt is we usually bury our guilt. Would you write that down? Bury it. That means that when something happens in our life that, you know, makes us feel guilty, instead of dealing with it, we just sort of push it down and act like it never happened. The only problem with that, the only problem with that is that it's like the walking dead. It comes back, right? It comes back to life. We can't kill it. It comes back to life. And the second thing we do with our guilt is this, is that we blame others. Would you write that down? We blame others. Now, this is as old as creation, this problem of blaming others. Matter of fact, there was a guy that in the beginning, our great-great-great-grandfather and grandmother, Adam and Eve, were the only two people on earth. Remember that, how that in the beginning, and God created this perfect garden, and he said, you can have everything in this garden. It's all yours. Just don't touch this one tree. Don't eat any of his fruit. And, and sure enough, uh, Adam and Eve go over, and, and uh, Eve picks one of the fruit, and she takes a bite and she gives it to Adam and he takes a bite and then sin enters the world, right? And then God comes looking for Adam and Eve and saying, you know, where are you? And God, you know, uh, sees them and then all of a sudden, guess what happens? Adam immediately says, God, it was that woman right there, my wife, who did it, right? Pass the blame, see that? Now, now let me just say this to you. Again, Adam again says, you know what, God in and I was sure that I got the right one because she was the only one for me. Okay, that she was the only woman on earth, right? <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, you're going to wake up tonight. Way! Yes. She was the only one for me. And, uh, and so, but also, Adam also didn't just stop there. He was saying, God, it was a woman you gave me, right? In other words, God, not only was it her fault, but it was your fault for giving her to me. And so he blamed God. And many people today are blaming God. Many people are saying, God, well, you created me this way, you know, so, uh, so I can do whatever, right? No, 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 no. You created me with hunger pains. You created me wanting food. You created me this way. And so we start blaming God for our wrongdoings. And when we do that, we begin to suppress guilt. We are all pros in life at accusing and accusing and excusing ourselves. And so today, what I want you to know is this. If you're always trying to fix the blame, you'll never fix the problem. Amen? Do you hear that? If you're always trying to blame somebody else for all your problems, it's somebody else's fault, you will never, ever get better. And the third thing I'd like to share with you is what we tend to do with guilt. So not only do we bury it or blame others, but we have a tendency to beat ourselves up. Would you write that down? Now, I want you to write that down, and then I want, to watch you, I want you to watch this uh, illustration on the screen. we sort of tend to do with our guilt is we sort of begin to beat ourselves up and we put our face on a punching bag and we begin to beat ourselves up with that you see the problem with that is that your subconscious never knows when to stop 
There's a line, would you agree with me, there's a line when we're punishing uh, our children, whatever, there's a line between what we call uh, punishment and abuse. Do you agree with that? There's a line, right? There's a line that you can cross from where it just goes from punishment to abuse. And the problem is, is that your subconscious never knows where that line is. So it just keeps on, keeps on punishing you for that. It keeps punishing you for that. So, you know what I've noticed in life is that some people that are successful people will sabotage themselves. Like, I'm, I mean, like, you know, you've seen it on the news, like people that are, that are multimillionaires, like actresses or, or sports stars, will go into a store and, and steal a $1.25 candy bar. And they get all the money in, in the world. They don't need to do that. But they do things to sabotage their careers because they feel like they don't deserve that. They don't deserve the success that, that they've been given. And so today we find that to be true. And some of you right now are still punishing yourselves for things that happened years ago in your life. Some of you right now, right sitting in this room, something happened years ago and you still are dealing with that guilt. You're still punishing yourself. And when you do, you just begin to beat yourself up. Constantly taking it in the gut. And saying, you know what, I need to be punished. I need to be punished. And when you do that, you begin to let depression set in. When you keep hitting yourself for all those things of the past, guilt keeps eating you up. And it just like this punching bag, it keeps stirring and stirring and stirring. And we have to stop the guilt. And the way that we stop the guilt is we receive Jesus' forgiveness. Do you know this? I read this uh, a study a while back. It said that 50% of the people in the hospital, 50% of the people in the hospital, if they let go of guilt and resentment, could get up and walk out today. Why? Because it makes you sick. Resentment is blaming others and saying, you know, it's always their fault. Bitterness growing, and it makes you sick. You see, you say, well, well I'm keeping score. Well, I tell you, it's keeping score. Your stomach's keeping score. And so you cannot hold on to resentment, and you can't hold on to bitterness. And let me just say something to you today. Some of you today are blaming yourselves for mistakes your children have made. Let me tell you, you know, God was the perfect parent, and both his children screwed up. Hello? In other words, so what I'm telling you, there's people in your life that you're, you're taking the blame. You're saying, if I was a better parent, you know, or, or, or if I was a better uh, child, my parents wouldn't have these issues. Uh, any way you want to flip that coin, you can flip it, and you can blame yourself for everybody else's problem, and it only depresses you. Some of you are walking through depression right now because you've been blaming yourself for everybody else's problem. I'm telling you today that you have to let it go and you have to realize that other people have a mind and other people have a will and you can't do anything about that. There's something that happens to children when they get about 13 years old. Their brain starts acting, right? Okay, we wonder how much of it. But all of a sudden they have that will. So I just want to tell you, I want to set you free today. Quit beating yourself up. Today is the day that you find freedom. Amen? Amen. We're going to stop the guilt. We're going to stop the guilt today. In Jesus' name. Okay, so what does Jesus want us to do? What does He want us to do with the guilt? Well, here's uh, three things I want to share with you with that. The first thing He wants you to do is to admit it. He wants you to admit it. Would you write that down? Sometimes we are so afraid to admit our guilt. The problem is this. The problem is, is that, you know what? Many times we try to use our head to convince our hearts 
We try to use our head to convince our heart that something's right with when, when within our heart we know it's wrong. Does that make sense to you? You know what I'm saying? We're constantly trying to say, okay, with my, I, oh, this is okay, it'll be all right. But inside your heart knows it's wrong. And when you do that, you create anxiety. That's why it's the number one prescription prescribed today is anxiety. Because too many people are walking around with their head trying to convince their heart that something's right with their, when they know in their heart it's wrong. And let me just tell you this. Let me just say this to you. You know what? How we combat that with our culture is we get busy, right? We just keep ourselves so busy. And if we'll keep ourselves so busy, we don't have to stop and think about it. And many times we'll even use our own children. We'll keep them going 90 miles an hour to nothing. And we will, just so that we can stay busy and that we don't have to stop and think. I don't know about you, but the, number, the punishment that I hated the most when I was a child was time out. Anybody else spend any time in time out besides me? All right. Okay, there's three of us that are telling the truth. The rest of you, there's altars open. Okay? Got your little halo on today. I know it's Easter Sunday. No, no, no. I know some of you. I know you spent time and time out. Or you should have. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? Why, why is that so horrible? I'll tell you why it's so horrible. It's because in time out is the place where we had to go to that little quiet place, that little corner of our room, and we couldn't talk to anybody. We had to think about what we'd done, right? Do you know in prison today, the, the, the punishment that is the most hated of all is solitary what? Confinement. Why? It's not that there's, listen, you just go and, and you're by yourself in this little room and there's nobody that can bother you. Now, some of you think that'd be a great place. But it becomes like hell, doesn't it? Because you sit there and you've got to deal only with you. And you've got to think. And that's the most torturous thing sometimes. And so we have to understand that. The problem about that is many people take vacations. Many people say, you know, I'll move and I'll go here just so I can, so I can get away from my problems. The only problem is this, is that you take you with you. Amen? And when you've got your issues are you, you have to deal with it. You can't run away from that. And so today, look what the Scripture says. The Bible says this in Proverbs 20 and 27. The Lord gives us mind and conscious. And would you take your pen and circle this next word? And let's just shout that word out loud. You ready? One, two, three. We. You see that? We cannot hide from ourselves. You see, you can hide your sins from everybody else, but you can't hide them from you. You just can't hide what the, the stuff that's going on in your life. You can't hide it from you. Verse John 1 and 8 says this. If we claim to be without sin, we, there's that word again, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is what? Not in us, right? We have to admit it that we have issues that we are all jacked up. Everybody in this room is jacked up. And listen, if you are a perfect person, you've never made any mistakes in your life, please leave now. You're going to mess the rest of us up. We're all jacked up in our own ways, right? Amen. And we have issues that we have to work through with God. You see, God cannot help you with a problem that you're not willing to admit that you have. Did you hear that? As long as you're denying it to yourself, God can't even help. You can say, God, you know, help me with everything in my life. But if you're not willing to admit that you've got a problem, God can't even help you. You have paralyzed God. Watch this. You might want to write this statement down. To stop defeating myself, I must stop deceiving myself. I'll say it one more time. To stop defeating myself, I must stop deceiving myself. And so I have to admit it. I have to admit it. Okay, that takes us to number two. What does Jesus want us to do with our guilt? Number two, He wants us to accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. Write that down. 
Now, in the Bible, there's this guy by the name of David. Anybody remember the story of David and Goliath? Anybody know about David and Goliath? Let me see your hand. David and Goliath, okay? Remember the guy with the sling, little guy, teenager guy, and big giant guy, nine foot tall, and he throws the rock and kills the giant, right? David and Goliath. We hear it in pop songs. We hear it all over the time. David is a cool guy. David grows up and he becomes king. And, and even the Bible says about David that he's a man after God's own heart. And it says that, that David loved God and God loved David. But David was a man that, that was not without flaws. Matter of fact, one day David went to his palace and, and he was uh, looking out of his window and, and down below him was a woman that uh, was bathing on the top of her roof. I mean, she, took out the, she got out there and got, took her clothes off and started bathing right there. Her name was Bathsheba. And David saw her and said, my, 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 my. <laughs> okay, yeah, whoa, got to have her. And so he sent his servant to her house and, uh, and invited her to the castle, to, the, to his castle there, a castle, that's castle, how about that? That's between castle, uh, castle and palace, right? There we go. You got a castle, how about that? You learned something today. I mean, that's really how you got a castle. <laughs> Invite her to the castle, and she comes over there, and, 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 and they have adultery. They commit, David commits adultery, and David sins, and she becomes pregnant. And then he, she sends word back, I'm pregnant. So David gets her husband to come home, and he tries to get him drunk, and tries to get him to go have sex with her, and he, she won't, the guy won't do it. And so David sends him back out into the, to the battlefield and puts him on the front line and basically has him murdered. And then Psalms 51 talks about when David's confronted with his sin. And David, through the Psalm 51, begins a confession. And notice what he did. When David begins to confess, he doesn't say, Now, God, you know, I'm sorry for this, but you know Bathsheba, she knew what time I was coming out, and she decided to get on that roof and take her clothes off in front of me. Now, you know, it's her fault. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, now when Bathsheba, when she was coming, when, 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 the, when my guy went over there, she could have said no, but she said yes, and she willingly come in, God. He didn't lay all that on her. He took full responsibility. Look what it says in Psalm 51. Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love, because of your great mercy. Wipe away my what? Notice my sins, my sins. Wash away my evil and make me clean from what? My sins. Come on. Make me clean from what? My sin. I recognize my faults. I am always conscious of not Bathsheba, not everybody else. I accept responsibility. You see, today I want to tell you, if you want to stop beating yourself up and you're tired of it, you're tired of dealing with this, the best thing that you can do today to stop the guilt is that you admit it to somebody else. You admit your fault to somebody else, your sin to somebody else. And I know you're looking at me like, you crazy man. I ain't telling nobody that. I know it's exactly what you're saying. But I want you to know that that is the beginning of healing, is when you confess it to someone else. The scripture says this. Now let me just say this before I read the scripture. Do not tweet your problems. Do not put it on Facebook. Hello. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a trusted friend. And listen, that's why we have connect groups around here. Because over time, you will actually find a friend that you can trust. That's why I went to Christian counseling. The greatest thing, listen, I can tell you that ever happened in my life was when I went to Christian counseling. I was able to lay it all out there and get it all off. And my wife, she began to notice a difference in me. Why? 
Because I was able to get it out. Look what the Scripture says. This is our memory verse, by the way. Matthew 5 and, uh, James 5 and 16. So then confess your sins to who? To one another. And pray for one another so that you may be what? Okay, I'm going to help you right here. Watch this, watch this, watch this. If you, want, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, you confess it to God. But if you want to be healed from your sins, you confess it to somebody else. Did you hear that? So forgiveness comes when I confess it to God, but true healing comes when I, get, when I talk to somebody else about it. Why? Because here's what happens. If you don't talk it out, then you're going to take it out on you or somebody else. That's what you're going to do. If you don't talk it out, you're going to take it out on you or somebody else. That's why in your home right now, you're angry at your spouse. Why? It's because you got something that's going on inside that you haven't talked it out yet. So therefore, it's eating you and you're taking it out on everybody else. you got to talk it out or you will take it out that we can stop the guilt. And that's what God's calling us to do today. Stop the guilt. He wants us to stop that. You see, you and I are only as sick as our secrets. I would say this to you as well. The more you hide, the more you're going to hurt. The more you hide, the more you're going to hurt. And some of you got issues going on that you need to just talk to somebody about. Get it out. Remember, forgiveness happens when I confess it to God, but healing happens when I go and sit down and talk to someone else. Then you're healed. You heal. And that's what God wants you is healed. He wants you healed. All right. So, I want you to take a next step with me. Matter of fact, this card that you have that Diane referred to is called our connection card. I'd like for everyone to put that in your hand. And on the back of it is the next step that I'm asking you to check the box and which says this. It says, I will find someone I trust to share my struggles with to be healed. Okay, again, don't tell it to a gossip. How do you know they're a gossip? If they talk about everybody else, they're going to talk about you. Hello? I know you love to hear what people are saying about everybody else, but as soon as you say something to them, they're going to tell everybody else. Don't tell a gossip. Find you someone that you trust. Matter of fact, when someone comes up to me and says, you know what, Pastor, I want to tell you something I've never told anybody else. I get excited. Why? Because I know they're going to be free. And I know they're going to heal. Okay, that takes us to number three. The third thing that Jesus wants us to do with our guilt, number three, is ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Would you write that down? Now notice this. 1 John 1 and 9, the Bible says this. But if we confess our sins, He will punish us. Oh, you guys haven't got a problem with that? Is that what it says on your outline? No, what does it say? What does it say? What does it say? He forgives us, right? But some of you read that verse, you know, if I, uh, you know, if I confess my sins, then God's going to get even with me. He's going to beat me up. And that, that's why you're scared to confess your sins, because you misread the Bible. It says, no, if we confess our sins, He stops the guilt. He doesn't get even with us. He forgives us of our sins. He goes on to say this, because we can trust God to do what is right, He will cleanse us from all wrong we have done. All wrong we've done. You see, that's why we don't beg God. That's why we don't bargain with God, right? 
You know, people, people come to God and they confess their sin. They say, now God, if you'll forgive me and get me out of this, then God, I won't ever, ever do this again. Or God, I, you know what? I'll give you 40% of tithe. <laughs> we bet. We bargain, right? God, I'll do this if you do that. You don't bargain with God. Why? Because I add more guilt onto you, right? Because you're making deals that you can't live up to. There's no way that you can live up to those things. So don't bargain with God to add more guilt to your life. You just don't do it. You see, you say, Pastor Jeff, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't know what you've done. But I can tell you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Now, now here's the problem. Here's the problem. You see, the problem with forgiveness is this, is that we think that forgiveness is a feeling. We think that, you know, forgiveness is a feeling. Actually, forgiveness is faith. Like, you know, when, you, when you, you believe there's a God, right? I mean, like, it takes faith to believe there's a God. You, Easter, we're talking about Easter Day. We believe in Jesus. That takes faith, right? I mean, it's faith. We believe that. So why is it that when you pray and you ask God to forgive you, He says He'll forgive you, you ask Him to forgive you, and yet you don't feel forgiven? You know why? Because we don't have faith that He forgave us, right? You know, no, matter of fact, I'll tell you why. Some of you are still asking for forgiveness of things that happened 10 or 20 or 15 years ago. And if you're still asking God to forgive you for that, my friend, I want you to know you have no faith at all. Because the Bible says it takes faith to forgive us. Now, why, why do we have that problem? I'll tell you why. Here it is. How many of you that when you did something wrong as a child, you got punished? Anybody besides me? Yes, that's the way we grow up, right? I mean, that's the correct way, right? I mean, like, we're supposed to get punished. That helps us walk the straight and narrow. Matter of fact, uh, you know, if, if you, in our culture today, if, if you do something wrong in school, you get, you know, you get detention or you get in-school suspension or you get suspended or whatever. It's punishment, right? Or uh, even in middle school, you get what's called bites. Bites. I don't, why do they call them bites? I don't know. You, you get rid up, written up. Our little mentor kid saw, said, hey, I got a bite today. I was like, oh, you okay? You know, check your arm, you know, we'll get you a shot or something, you know. I got a bite. I'm like, what's a bite? Man, where's your teeth marks at? You got a bite. Well, a bite is actually where they get written up. You know, they call it bites for some reason. I don't know why. But you know, the cop, when the cop pulls you over and uh, you've been speeding, you know what? Well, you disobeyed, you broke the law, so you got punished by getting a what? A ticket. That's right. That's too familiar with you. <laughs> a ticket. Yes, I got one. <laughs> You get that, right? We get, so when we sin, watch this. Here's life changing. This is going to set you free. When we sin, we're used to something happening. We're used to getting, lay it on me, God. Beat me down, God. Make, give me the punishment I deserve, right? And so until we get that, until we get punished, we don't feel like we've been forgiven. Did you hear that? Until we get punished, we don't feel forgiven, right? Because that's what's happened our whole lives when we've done something wrong. We got punished. I mean, you do something wrong to your wife or your husband, they don't speak to you for like a week, and you're like, oh, I'm being punished. Now, after this week's over, I'm forgiven, right? I want to help you out. The problem is this. You see, you don't understand. God does. He hates sin. He hates your sin. He hates my sin. He hates all sin. And that's why he punished sin. You want to see what your punishment looks like? Look at this picture. This is what your punishment looks like right here. It's that on the cross over 2,000 years ago, 
the worst that could ever happen to mankind. Jesus was spit on. His beard was plucked out. He was nailed, uh, nails put in his hands. A crown of thorns on his head. A whip was on his back. A spear placed in his side. And nails driven in his feet and in his wrist. Why? Because of your sin and my sin. I want you to know that God has already punished your sin. So you don't have to keep punishing yourself. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. When God sees your sin, He sees that. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? That's why you don't have to get beat up. It's why you can relax today. Why? It's because God has already taken out His anger and His wrath on His Son, Jesus Christ, so that you can be free today and you don't have to walk around with this. Amen. Amen. Stop the guilt. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop the guilt. You see, the cross shows us the worst of man and the best of God. Amen? Jesus was nailed to the cross so you can stop nailing yourself to the cross. Amen? I know you want it so you'll feel better. Do something to me, God, so I'll, I'll punish me so I'll feel better. He's already punished your sin. He's already done that. Okay, look at Romans 3.22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in who? In Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. I don't care who your mama is, your daddy is. I don't care what family you come from, what family curse they say you got. I'm telling you, you can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. What does Jesus want me to do with my guilt? Are you ready? We're going to go in turbo right here. Got your pen ready? The first thing Jesus wants you to do with your sin is this. He forgives me instantly. Would you write that down? Instantly. That means... When you say, God, forgive me, it is forgiven just like that. Bam. Now, can you forget it? No. You see, the problem is we think that God's like us. So you do something to me, I might forgive you, but I still remember it. Hello? Come on now. Don't look at me like that. You do too, right? I do something to you. I do something wrong to you. You can't forget it. You say, okay, now, I'm going to forgive you, all right? I'm going to quit thinking about that. I'm going to quit making you pay for it. But I still remember it. God doesn't remember it anymore. Wow, wow, wow. Somebody ought to be getting free right now. And look, he forgives us completely, me completely. If you don't get this, oh, if you don't get this, if you don't get this, you're going to be in guilt, 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 guilt. You see, if you don't get this part, then every time that something bad happens in your life, you're going to say, God's just punishing me. He's punishing me for what I did then. No, 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 friend. Forgiveness is about your past. Remember, it's about wiping out your past. And the moment you say, God, forgive me, is the moment that he cleans your past up. Hallelujah. He doesn't remember it anymore. That's why you can walk freely into the future because you've got a clean past with Almighty God. You haven't neglected his, his anointing, his Holy Spirit is with you. Why? Because he don't remember what you did. He only knows what he wants you to do. Oh, boy, this is better preaching than your amen, and I know. <clears throat> he forgives me repeatedly. Would you write that down? Oh, I'm so glad for this one, aren't you? He forgives me repeatedly. You see, these, many people say to me, we have to stop this guilt. Stop the guilt. Why? Because you say, well, I, re I did the same sin before. You know, I said, I'm sorry right here, and I sinned, and I really meant I didn't want to do it again, 
but I did it again. And, and so, yes, you feel embarrassed. Yes, you feel guilty. But I'm telling you, He forgives that sin too. He forgives you repeatedly for the same sin. Now, now it would take a fool to say, you know what? Well, I'm just going to do what I want to, and I'll just say, God, forgive me. You think that God's smarter than that. Matter of fact, you know what that communion's all about in our church? The reason we do communion is that God wants us to always remember that His Son paid that price for our sin, and because we love Him, we don't want to sin. Hello? And so when you say, I want God to save me, Jesus, I want to love you, and therefore I don't want to commit a sin against you, right? And so that's what forgiveness is, forgiveness. So if you commit the, commit the same sin, Jesus is right at the right hand of Almighty God, Hebrews 7 says, He's there making intercession for you daily. It's not a one-time shot. He's always saying, because every person in here has a struggle, right? Every person in here has an issue. And if you could make it go away, it would have went away a long time ago, right? And so the Holy Spirit gives you power to deal with that. And every once in a while, you may fall to it, but you're going to get back up. You're not going to stay down because He forgives that again. And you're going to move on in God. Amen? Amen? Oh, I hope you're getting free. The last, last one is this. He forgives me freely. Why is this so important? I'll tell you why. Because until you freely receive forgiveness, you can't freely give forgiveness. You hear that? Until you freely receive it, you can't freely give it. And some of you today, you're like, you know what? You've got this bitterness inside of you against somebody else, and you can't forgive it. Why? Because you haven't realized that God has forgiven you. He's wiped the slate clean. He doesn't, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. God loves you, and God wants, to, God wants to forgive you more than you even want to ask for forgiveness. Do you understand that? He's waiting right now. Why? Because he loves you. You're the child that he loves. He's waiting until you say, God, forgive me. And once you freely receive it, then you can freely give it. Wow, 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 wow. John 1 and 12, it says this. To all who believe in Him and accepted Him. Notice that word, accepted Him. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, you see that? Not with the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but from that that comes from who? God, so once you accept God's forgiveness... Some of you in this room, you're, you, you people that asked God to save you a long time ago, but you've been walking around with this guilt, and God says you don't have to, and it's a lack of faith, so start believing and believe that God forgave you. The moment that you said it, it's wiped clean. Amen? You're going to walk out of here free today. Matter of fact, you're going to leave free. And there's some of you right now that are going to receive Christ. You know what? I, it reminds me of a story that I come across a while back. It's, it, was a, it was about a guy that uh, was walking down the road one day, and he saw this building on fire. It was a three-story uh, three building. And it was an orphanage. And he saw the flames coming out the window. But he saw in this one particular corner, this boy on the third floor, whose head was out the window, hollering, help, help, help. And the fire department hadn't got there yet. And so this man's like, i got to do something. And so he looked at the building. And the only way up was there was a pipe that was coming down the building that was attached to the building. And so he grabbed the pipe and he begins to climb up the pipe. But the pipe is, pipe is already almost glowing red hot. And his hands, the skins are being burnt off his hands as he climbs up and he refuses to stop. He climbs higher and higher and higher. And he finally gets into the window and he rest, grabs a little boy. He puts him on his back and tells him to hold on. And he goes back out to that hot pipe again and he grabs it again and it's just searing his hands and he does everything he can and he finally gets down and rescues the little boy well the paper picks this up little boy rescued from burning building orphanage uh, was, an orphan child was rescued and everybody in the community says okay this boy needs a home 
so that they hold a hearing. The judges there are interviewing people that want to be the child's father or the child's family. And there was a man that came out and he says, you know what, I'm a businessman, I'm very wealthy, I've got all the financial resources to make sure this child has a happy and loving life. Judge, I think I should take this child. And then there was a, a lady that came out of the crowd and said, no judge, I'm a social worker. I've been educated in all the skills of, of social life. I know how to give him what he needs. I know where he was lacking. I've had degrees in counseling. I know what to give him the emotional support that he needs. And the judge about to decide says, anyone else? And all of a sudden there was a man coming the back door. He walked in. He had his hands in his pocket and he come down to the front. He said, judge, I think I should take that child. He said, why? Who are you? And the man pulls his hands out of his pockets. And they are there they are with all blisters all over his hands. He says, judge, I'm the man that went into the burning building for that little boy. And I can tell you today that I want to make him a good father because I'm willing to lay down my life for him. And the little boy runs out from where he was seating and he, he runs and he grabs that man. He said, Judge, I want him. I want him to be my father because he gave his all for me. Jesus stands extended today with his hands, with nail prints in his wrist. And in his feet. And today he has a hand extended toward you. And he says, I want to be your savior. Because I went into the flames for you. I walked through hell so you don't have to. I walked through hell so you don't have to. And Easter is all about this. Easter is not about God remembering your sins. It's about resurrection. It's about power to live in the future. And today, Jesus says, I offer you a resurrection in your life to have a power that you've never had before. I want to be your Savior. I want everyone to do this with me. If you would take out your program. I want everybody to bow your heads. I don't want you to close your eyes. I don't want you to look at your program. There's a prayer there. I'm going to read it. And many of you sitting here today, you're going to mean this prayer in your heart and you're going to become Christ's followers. Look at what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In whose name? The one who went through hell for you. Today, if you said that and you meant that, you read that prayer with me and you say, me too, God, me too. Before you leave today on the back of this connection card, I want you to check that box that says, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower in order that we can pray for you this week. And I want to say welcome to God's family. And today you are leaving free. Would you stand with me right now? Come on. On the count of three, I want you to shout it out. I am free. You ready? One, two, three. I am free. Come on, one more time. I am free. One more time, make it shake. I am free. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm free. Amen? Come on, our prayer team is going to come down. If you need prayer, feel free to come down. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.